Welcome to the City Hills Church Sermon Podcast. We hope that the message today helped you encounter God, love people, and discover purpose. For more information about who we are as a church, head over to cityhillschurchsd.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, click the Give button at the top of the homepage on our website. And now, let's jump right into the message. It is hard to follow that. I will, I will say, but as you can see, the theme today is around football, but I promise you we have uh, a message today that I believe will be impactful for your life. Today we are going to be talking about how to fight from victory, but the date was February 3rd, 2008, and it represented what would be the worst day in the history of my sports fandomdom. It was awful. It was a Super Bowl, 42, and my beloved Patriots were playing against the New York Giants. And I have to see the Giants jersey right here on the back row. And my heart's already hurting as it is. The Patriots that year were undefeated through the regular season, through the playoffs at that point. They were 18 and 0, 18 wins, zero losses. Tom Brady, the beautiful man, threw for 50 touchdowns. Randy Moss caught 23 touchdowns in the season. It was record-breaking. It was amazing. It was the most incredible season ever. And Vegas, their line on the game was that the Patriots were 12-point favorites. What was going to happen in the game was inevitable. They were undefeated. This would go down as the greatest season in the history of the NFL Rumor is the Patriots were trying to trademark 19-0 and 0 so that they could use it wherever they wanted to until they couldn't. Until they couldn't. The Giants' defense that day, they came with one of the best game plans in Super Bowl history, and they beat Tom Brady up. I was actually listening to a podcast on the plane last night, about, and it was Michael Strahan from that defense, and he was just talking about how many times they hit Brady that day, and they're like, they've got to be pretending to play. There's no way this is actually happening, and it, it, it was. And so it was late in the fourth quarter. Brady hits Moss for a touchdown to put them up. It's looking beautiful. There's only a little bit of time on the in the game, and then... The play of all plays happened. Third down, the Patriots collapse the pocket. They get a hold of Eli Manning. They're holding his jersey. It's going to be this beautiful moment. It's going to be fourth and impossible. The Patriots are going to win. And then Eli, slow Eli Manning, somehow breaks free from the Patriots' hands, throws the ugliest ball ever in the air, and a no-name man named David Tyree catches the football on his helmet, and they survived. A couple plays later, we watched as a wide-open receiver caught the game-winning touchdown for the New York stinking Giants. 18-1, the impossible, most inevitable game winner happened. I may have cried a couple of tears. That is none of your business. But how? How did it happen? How did the Giants ruin the inevitable? How did they beat the team who was unbeaten? One word, pressure. Pressure. That's how they won the game. 
They forced the Patriots out of playing how they knew because they applied pressure like no one else had in that season. And the more talented team, the, the most winning team, the, just all of these incredible things disappeared because pressure took them out of their game plan. And I wonder how many times in our lives have that happened? How often does pressure from life, from situations, from our finances, from our friends, from our family, from our fears, from our insecurity, how often in our life does pressure force us out of what we thought would happen? How often does that pressure cause us to lose the game we should be winning? Last week, I was meeting with some pastors, and and one of the things we had to do is we, we listened to this message, and it was so powerful And the pastor had been walking through battle after battle in his life. And he was asking the Lord, God, what what is going on? Like, why is this happening to us? What is is going on? And and he had this incredible phrase, and it's on the screen. He said, it's not unusual. This is what God said to him. It's not unusual for my children to face spiritual battles. It's not unusual for them to go through challenging things. But it is unusual for them to lose. So how is it that we lose when we are promised victory? And that that just hit home with me because you and I, as followers of Jesus, we believe that we have a spiritual enemy. We know that life is going to throw us curveballs. We know that things will happen. We know that big bills will show up out of nowhere. We know that unforeseen medical things will happen in our life. We get that. But still, we don't expect to lose as much as we do. And, and this, this phrase just stuck out to me because when I go back to Romans 8, verse 35 and 37, it says, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No. Despite all of these things, what is that word? Overwhelming. Overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Overwhelming victory. That's a promise. It's a promise that we stand on. It's a promise that we believe in. But I don't know about you. There's a lot of times where I don't feel like I'm winning. There's a lot of times in my life where I feel like I'm doing more losing than I am winning. Life happens. Challenges happen. Frustrations happen. Insecurities Happen. Another translation that we read this, the translation says that we are more than conquerors. We're like super conquerors. But it doesn't always feel like that. So in the time remaining today, I want to share with you some of the ways I believe that we can fight from that victory that we're promised. We can fight from that victory that we believe the Lord has already accomplished in our lives and how we can actually fight from that. Some of the ways that we can navigate pressure and we face and overcome the battles that we feel like we are right in the middle of it. And so to do that, I want to read a passage from a letter that the Apostle Paul in the New Testament wrote to a church in Corinth. And just for a little bit of context, this Corinthian church is kind of like Paul's problem child, right? 
they just, they, there was just issue after issue. And actually in the New Testament, two of the letters that Paul wrote to this church, it made it into the Bible. They were, they were in there. They're 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. But scholars believe that there were another two that were written. And Paul made several trips to this church just to deal with the issues that kept happening there. And time and time again, you would hear him. And in different places, you can hear his frustration with them. And so today I want to read from 2 Corinthians 10 starting in verse 3, and I just want to, I want you to prepare your heart because Paul is going to be aggressive in his approach to them. He's frustrated. He's going to, he's like a coach that the players keep doing dumb things and the coach is getting on him, right? Like he's coming in hot. So this is what he says, for although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons, We're not using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God. We can break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. And we capture, like a prisoner of war, every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. It's like, oh, okay. All right, I get you, Paul. But I believe there's some really key points that you and I need to look from this passage that will help us fight from a place of victory. And the first one is this, we don't fight the same way. We don't fight the same way. In order to fight from victory, we cannot fight our battles the same way. He says, for although we live in the natural realm, We don't wage a military campaign. Another translation says we don't war against flesh and blood. We fight in the spirit. We fight differently. And as I was reading that, I I remember the first fight that I won as a child. And I'm going to tell you that story. It was somewhere in second or third grade, maybe fourth grade. It was somewhere in that timeline. And just you can you can imagine this because I know you can't see it now, but I was a little short kid. I was a tiny little fella, like even shorter than I am now, if you can imagine that. And I remember I had I'd fallen at church and I hit my chin on the table and I, I had to get stitches because my chin was busted open and I got butterfly stitches. And so somehow I blame it on my mother. I believe that she told someone somewhere that I had butterfly stitches. And so what bad little boys do in elementary school is they decided that was going to be the word of the day. Oh, Danny, are you a butterfly? Are you a butterfly? Do you like rainbows and flowers, butterfly boy? Butterfly boy is all day, all day long. And it was fine. It was fine. It's, it's, It's okay. But this one kid, he just took it too far. He just kept going and going. He got aggressive, and he was pushing me. He was in my face. And I just, I had enough. Anger is building up on the inside. And I was like, today is the day. It's over. Butterfly boy is about to take control. And so what happened is I, I understood that I had to fight differently here because he was, he was probably double my height and double my width. I mean, he was, he was a big boy. And I understood that if I tried to hit him in the face, I would have to jump because I was that short. And then if I just grazed him, if he hit me, I was dead. And so I realized that this is not going to work. And so what I decided to do is said, I'm, I'm going for the gut. 
I'm going to hit them right where I can get the most amount of strength. And so if I knew if I could land it, it, at least it would just knock his breath out and then I could run away and he wouldn't be able to catch me. Once I got a head start, I was fast. It wasn't going to happen. And so here he came again. Butterfly boy, butterfly boy. And I just took my moment. And I don't know what came over me in the moment because one fist wasn't enough. I double fist punched him right in the diaphragm. And he went down like a brick. He was gone. And he was just sucking air and just, he was, he was out for all the rest of recess. And I was like a champion. I was strutting along like Conor McGregor. It was like, wow, woo, I knocked him out. It was awesome. He came later on that day and, and we, he apologized and I apologized and we became friends and it was all good. He, the, the point is, I'm not asking you to run around and double punch people in the diaphragm. I'm not encouraging you to go fight people today. But what I want you to understand is that we can't win when we fight the same way the enemy fights us. We can't win when we fight the same way the enemy fights us. You see, our enemy wants us to stoop down to his level. The enemy wants us to use manipulation and to use selfishness and to use our insecurities and let those things fuel us rather than fighting differently. And whenever we try to do things outside of God's principles, when we try to do things out of what God calls us to, we lose. We lose. And Jesus, throughout the scripture, he challenged his followers to love their enemies. He challenged them to pray for those who accused and persecuted them. He he challenged them to turn the other cheek when someone hit them in the face. He challenged them to love deeply. He challenged them to speak words of encouragement and peace over those who persecuted them. And it just was so foreign in this culture, and it's foreign in our culture. He challenged them to lead with trust and vulnerability. He challenged them to do life together, not alone. He challenged them to forgive abundantly. Abundantly. The enemy wants us to do the opposite. He wants us to be self-reliant, self-made, self-focused, selfish, isolated. I'm going to do this on my own. I hear it so many times in sports players. I took all those bad words that they said about me, and it just fueled me to be better. And it's like, I, I get that, but why, why is the positive words not enough? And you and I have to guard our hearts and understand that if we fight the same way the enemy fights us, if we use those negative influences, if we use those negative attributes about ourselves to get our way, in the end, we lose. We're not fighting from the victory that God promised us. We're fighting from our weakness. The second thing that we do, and and this is such a powerful thing that I love that Paul unpacks, the second thing is that we look for what's behind the wall. I love how this translation said it. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to do what? To dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. To dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. And how many of you know that rarely is ever the problem that you're facing right now the source of all the problems? And what what Paul is saying is that we can see behind what's right in front of us. We can see behind that and understand how we're able to move past it. And for instance, just think about this. Think about a dramatic relationship in your life. 
just think about it, a family member, something that somebody that just it, it's just always an issue. Maybe it's your 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 marriage. Don't nobody elbow anybody. We'll we'll talk about that next week. But you fight and you bicker and you jab at each other and and there's just this ongoing thing. Every little moment just brings out this frustration with that person, even if it's a little thing. And it just builds up and it builds up and it flares up. Lauren and I, I remember early on in our marriage, we used to we used to deal with this and, and. we would just be bickering about something and fight. Well, we, we don't ever fight, right? We're, we're supposed to be like churchy. We don't fight. We just get in heated emotional discussions, right, baby? That's all we do. No, we fought. We fought. We had issues. And what would happen so many times is just a little misstep on my part or something that I said the wrong way or me just being dumb because I, I can be that way. It would just lead to this drag out fight with each other where we're trying to communicate what's going on. But how many of you know that there is always something going on behind the scenes? It wasn't because I forgot the trash the hundredth time, which as I left the other day, I realized that I forgot the trash again. And it, just, it still happens 11 years into marriage. But there was always something behind the thing. And what, we, what we're realizing and what we're seeing through Paul's words is that there's, there's usually a pain or some unmet expectation or some unresolved tension that is the driving source behind the frustration that we're facing right now. There's something behind the thing. And what you and I have the privilege of doing is that we're able to pray to our Father and we're, we're able to say, God, open my eyes to see the thing behind the thing. God, open my eyes to see past the defenses, past the walls, past the things that just keep being a tension point for us. God, there's something behind it. Open my eyes to see what it is. And it gives you and I the opportunity to fight differently. We fight differently. We're not arguing, and and, and Lauren and I have gotten to this place, and it's not all the time, but for the most part, we're able to to get past the the issue that's happening. I've done something or said something dumb, and we're we're kind of bickering about something, and we're able to pause and go, wait a minute, wait a minute, minute. what's going on? And that's all we have to say, like, what's going on? For real, for real, what's happening? And usually something deeper gets unpacked. Well, I feel like I'm exhausted and I haven't had any time to like recharge my battery. Or babe, I've been running so hard and and I feel like I haven't, we've had this conversation. Babe, I feel distant from you. Well, I don't feel distant from you. I don't care. I feel distant from you. There's something going on deeper past just the tension right here. And we get to pray about that and say, God, open my eyes to see What's going on there? Remove the defenses that we or they are trying to hide behind. Look at this. Instead of wasting energy fighting the symptoms, we can put our efforts on repairing the source. We can ask God to bring healing to the source of the issue. And instead of you and I wasting all this energy and this time trying to treat the symptoms, if I have a deep medical issue that's causing all kinds of problems in my body, I don't want an aspirin. I want something that's going to remove the source and the issue. And that's what God opens our eyes to see when we trust him to do it. 
the last thing is this, and, and I, I, I love this. We self-scout and we make adjustments. And I'm going to unpack what that means in a, in a second. But look what he says. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every argue, arrogant attitude that's raised up in defiance. We capture, like a prisoner of war, we capture every thought and we insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. Every thought that comes through our head, that negative voice, that negative self-talk, that negative thought about your spouse, that negative thought about that person that you work with, that negative thought, Paul is telling us you can take that and capture it and force it to submit to the Lord. No, 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 no. I will not think that about my spouse because I believe that God's doing something. No, I will not think that about that coworker that I wish I could double punch in the diaphragm. No, I will not. I'm going to change the way that I think. I'm going to change the way that I think. And I love hearing about coaching. I'm, I'm a football junkie. I love it. And I love the strategy. And one of the strategies that coaches use is this concept where they, they have a team of people that actually self-scout their own team. Their job is to watch their, how they play. They watch all of their games. They watch what play calls they play on first down and second down and third down. And when they're in in just like tough situations, they scout themselves to know what they do. They're checking their own habits. Because how many of you know, we, we're, just, we're just moving. We're just going through life. We're just doing it, and our habits take over in our lives. So they, they coaches do this. Oh, we, we ran the ball three times this way, and we, we throw the ball every time we're in this situation, and we, we punt the ball every time we're in this situation, and they self-scout themselves. Why? Because their enemy's doing the same thing. Because the team on the other side is scouting them to see what they do, to see where they're weak, to see what they do in this, where, where are they strong, where are they weak, what happens when that cornerback is doing that certain thing, and if we run this play against them, what happens, how do they respond? The enemy is scouting them, and so we have to scout ourselves. This is what these coaches do. Because the reality is that if the coach can just figure out one or two ways to disrupt the game plan enough, they win. It's the whole point. And so what these guys do is they, they recognize these things and they make adjustments. They change how they think. I love what Paul says in Romans 12. He says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God do what? Let him transform you into a new person by doing what? By changing the way you think. And then you will learn to know God's will for you. Then you will know God's plan for you. Then you will be able to see your purpose in life. Then you'll be able to step into those things when we allow God to change the way we think. That's how you will know the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. And when we allow God to transform the way that we think, He changes the way we live. As we think, so we will live. And you and I have a responsibility to ourselves to self-scout our own mind, self-scout our own hearts. Think about how we're going to be able to, to change the way that we think, how we're gonna allow God access to those 
areas in our life. Look at this last phrase. We're only as strong as we are honest. And you and I have to be honest with ourselves. Otherwise, we're just going to lose. We have to be honest and recognize those areas in our life. Think, think about it just practically. When are you most vulnerable to making a mistake in your life? When are you most vulnerable? When are those moments, those seasons, those things that you walk through in your life, when are those times that you are at your weakest? Maybe for you, it's when it's been a horrible day. Everything's gone wrong. You and your spouse are fighting. You and your friend are fighting. Work stinks. Your boss is a jerk. It's just one of those days. And you know, on that drive home, it's about to be on. And I don't know whatever that is for you, whether it's some kind of addiction, whether it's an attitude that you have, whether it's a way that you, you conduct yourself, whether you turn to something else, scout yourself, check your mind, check your heart. And in those moments, adjust, don't just keep doing the same thing over and over again. Let the Lord change your mindset be vulnerable. Maybe for you, it means calling a friend and saying, hey, I need, I need three minutes to vent. And then I need you to tell me to stop whining and grow up. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that doesn't work for you. It works for me sometimes. I was having an issue the other day and I called Lauren. I said, I just need three minutes. I just need to get this off my chest and I'll be good. And I did. And I was good. For me, what I have to do a lot of times is I'll wake up in the morning just in a funk. And I'll let Lauren know right from the beginning, hey, I woke up in a funk. Instead of her having to figure it out on her own and like, oh, Lord, what's wrong with you? What is going on? I said, baby, I don't know what's going on. And she'll hug me. She'll pray. She'll do whatever she needs to do to try to help me. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it requires me going, God, I'm, I do not want to do this. I refuse to let today be this way. Maybe for you, you make poor decisions when you're alone. When you're by yourself, maybe your spouse is going to bed. Maybe it's just you at home. Maybe whatever is happening. And you, you know in those moments, the temptations rise up for you to, to, to go and look at something you're not supposed to look at or, or to talk to that person you know you're not supposed to talk to or, or to do something you know you're not supposed to do. And it just, you're, you're alone and you don't know. It's like, oh man, shoot, I did it again self-scout your enemy knows where you are weakest because our habits are obvious change the game change the game change our mindset god god i i'm feeling vulnerable in this moment i don't want to make the same mistake again gotta change the way i think i'm self-scouting myself god i see this weakness in myself and i need to change god please help me guard yourself change your tendencies. Some of the greatest plays in the history of the NFL have come from a coach scouting themselves, the other team expecting them to do something and them doing something completely different. And you and I have the opportunity to do that in our own lives. We can break those habits in our lives by changing the way we think 
by asking God to help us see beyond the defenses, to see the true root of the issue. We can change the play by not fighting the same way over and over again. We can change our lives. And what happens is we have victory and we fight from a place of the victory that God has already promised us. We are more than conquerors, more than conquerors. Overwhelming victory is ours. If we fight the way God has called us to fight. You and I do not have to perpetuate a lifestyle of mistakes and failures over and over and over again. We don't have to do it. How many of you know it's a choice that we make? We can choose different. And that's our challenge. My prayer for you this week is that you will, you will begin to recognize where you're fighting from and make the decision to fight from a place of victory. Let's pray. Jesus, right now in this moment, I pray that you would just allow your Holy Spirit to speak to us, God, that you would just open our eyes to see those areas of our lives that we just, man, we've, we've just leaned into our tendencies. We've just leaned into the habits that we have. And God, we keep making the same mistakes over and over again. We keep having the, the same issues over and over again, the same fight over and over again, the same battle. God, we, we pray today that that changes that in your name, that we're able to step into the victory that you have promised us. We don't have to live a lifestyle of losing these battles, but we can step with the authority that comes through you and watch you move mountains to change the way that we think, to change our hearts, to be able to see your hand at work in our lives. And Jesus, I pray right now for whoever may be in this room that they, maybe they haven't even started a relationship with you and they feel like they're going through these things and they feel alone. Lord, speak to their heart right now in this moment and help them recognize that they cannot fight from victory without a relationship with you. Without that relationship with you. God, open their hearts, give them the faith to step in and believe you are who you say you are. And Lord, we pray that as we go into this week, the fight would look different because we're approaching it different and we're putting our trust and our hope in you. Jesus, we pray all of this in your strong name. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed the message today. We would love to be able to partner with you on your faith journey. Regardless of where you're at or what you're walking through, know that your friends at City Hills Church are here for you. If you would like for us to pray for you, click the contact button on the top of the homepage and share your request with us. Our prayer team will keep you and your family in prayer every week. We hope you have an incredible day and that you discover a little more purpose throughout your week. We look forward to seeing you soon.